0: What's up, dogs? Are you ready for another fun-filled episode of Terribly Funny? I certainly hope so, because here it comes either way. Hi, I'm Steve Bazlone, and I'm your host of this podcast. This is the one, uh, you know, where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. That's a novel idea, isn't it? I, I think so. Anyways, uh, today we have a great guest, uh, a very funny man named Alex Sulkin. Um, but if you're on the tweeter, you probably know him more affectionately as the Sulk. Uh, I think one of the one of the better joke writers that's going on Twitter. If you're into that kind of thing, and really, who isn't? Uh, what else has this 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 fine talented man done? Oh yeah, he uh, he's written for Family Guy forever, and um, oh yeah, he also uh, uh, co-wrote the highest grossing R-rated comedy of all time, Ted. So yeah, this guy's been around the block. And today he's going to tell us about a couple of fun things. One, um, you know, getting kicked in the marbles. That's always an old standby. And also. Uh, uh, the heartbreaking thing of having the uh, the the dream job, the dream you've always wanted, the the fucking brass ring job, and then just have it go away. So yeah, let's get down to it. Enough of me talking. Let's hear somebody else. Terribly funny, coming at
1: you.
0: This is not. It's a nice apartment, and that's why I kind of stayed here because every time I love it. Yeah, and there's like a roof deck, so it's like. But like I lived here with my ex for a long time. And it was like a great place for like moving over like our mid-20s mm-hmm. and it was like you know like it was more aspirational then right and now it's like super cheap because yeah. we've moved in like also like 2009 or whatever when everything was like half the building was empty mm-hmm.
1: uh
0: but then like experiencing this place again like as a single person right especially when like when there's if you if i ever bring over a lady who's like somewhat younger they're like whoa I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, this is not crazy but <laughs> right. sure I mean, yeah, glad yeah. You, you like sure it sure we're going
1: well yeah it's funny because I, when I lived across the street, that one of my friends would, you know, when we watch whatever football, baseball, or something, like he would always do this bit like at the window. Like he would just stand at the window and be like, you know, the weather tis fair today. You can see all the way to Cochrane Island. You know this, this building. <laughs> this yeah, long, yeah. Uh, good old Cochrane Island. Yeah. You have the noisiest uh, garage opener in the in the neighborhood. I Used think it's to... a little
0: it's a little quieter now. Okay. Oh, However, recently, uh, somebody discovered someone knew our code. Like the you know, we had to put the code in. Right. So right across from me, um, I don't know which apartment they're in, but they had somebody two two guys came in. We'll call them vandals, thieves, yeah. whatever. They saw that their car was open. They went in their one car. It was like a nice car. It was like an Audi or something, yeah. and they realized that the spare keys for the car behind it was in the car so they stole both their cars Wow which is a kick in the pants oh Jesus yeah this neighborhood's getting I mean it's like still such a nice neighborhood but there's like been like a ton of uh, mail theft Wow it was just people like kind of somebody got the mail key so it was going all around this whole neighborhood and just, just stealing mail the first
1: day we moved in uh, I moved in with my ex-wife of the place Across the street The first day we moved in there Her mountain bike Got stolen Oh yeah And I'm pretty sure I would see the guy On it Sure Like in the neighborhood And I just never Had the guts or... But like a mountain bike Makes sense to me Yeah Yeah. That's like practical Like right. mail
0: Like I get 90% of the shit I get is bills Yeah And maybe like A residual check For 30 cents Right and If you can try to catch it Yeah us. Good luck Good for you oh, Yeah Um. <clears throat> well, tell me some Tell me some rough stuff Let's do a seamless Transition here
1: yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> are we rolling? I, we rolled. Not I just think like, you know it's really breezy. Yeah, just go into it. Yeah. Okay. I'll set the the scene. This is a college situation. So mm-hmm. we're talking the uh, the carefree uh, early to mid '90s. Oh sure. There, I went the to the go go '90s. The go go '90s, <clears throat> pre cell phone, pre internet. I went to a college uh, called Connecticut College. Oh sure. Uh, in New London. Yeah. I have family um, in New Haven. Ah, no, nope, beautiful the, very full, the yeah. Rust Belt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, basically, when I chose to go to Connecticut College, the primary reason that I chose to go there was because um, it was sixty-five percent women. Sure, and it used to be a college exclusively for women. It used a to be lot of those England schools are. Yeah, right. yeah. So, uh, it's you a know, feeding frenzy. Totally. Yeah. So. Coming from... I went to a prep school mm-hmm. um, outside Boston called Middlesex. It was... Um, I, I loved it there. Um, it was the school where they filmed the classic School Ties. Oh, with sure. With Brendan Fraser. Sure. Um, oh, captain, my captain. It, no, that's Dead Poets. That's Dead... Oh, yeah. yeah. Brandon Fra- also great. Right. <laughs> you know, that one's much better. Uh-huh. School Ties, unfortunately, has... It's zero, racist, right? Uh, Jew, Anti-Jew. thing. Sure. Brendan Fraser plays an unlikely Jew who's, like, taller than everyone, more muscular <laughs> uh-huh. and athletic, who... Uh, that happens. Know, you're, 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 never. Yeah. So, the, and, and, you know, he hides his identity in this prep school environment, and then he's outed. But anyway, so I was... They filmed that the year after I left, um, but that was always kind of a point of pride. It's a beautiful school. Sure. But the thing with this prep school was it was kind of the opposite of college, where there were more guys... Yeah. And... It was like, and I still text with my friends jokingly uh, about this to this day, where we joke about, like, it was like 15 guys fighting over, like, the same two or three women, like, all the time. Yep. And And, a Desert Island mentality. Totally. Yeah. And it was a losing battle for me. I mean, I was not the greatest athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not, like, the tallest, you know, best-looking guy. There, you know, and I was like the funny guy ish.
0: That's where that. Don't you think that that's how that developed? A lot of that's like true. Darwinism. Like, well, I can't compete athletically. Right. I got. I better make fun. I, I got to do something to I like stand make out. Fun of the athletes
1: yeah. from the sideline. Uh-huh. Um, so that was kind of like my thing. But girls don't love that early in high school. They're oh, kind. No, they no, kind of no. just want the tall, good-looking guys for sure. Um, who are all my friends. So high school was a slog. You know, it was like. Just to finally, in that senior year, just to to be able to get a girlfriend mm-hmm. was like, oh, my God, thank God this is finally yep. happening. So bringing us back to college, I choose to go to Connecticut College because it's, you know, when I visit and, you know, everything I read about it, it's just a sea of, of women, beautiful women. Sure. And, of course, you know, because... Uh, Most women in college are beautiful. Like especially now, when you look look at them, you're just
0: like everybody's glowing. Yeah, and it's like also that age where like even when you're hungover, you're like you're still somehow. The hangover lasts like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah.
1: And everybody they've got the skin and the Uh hair and it's all great. So. I go there and like instantly it's the right move. You know, it's everything's great. The the, the school is sixty five uh thirty-five. Our class is seventy-five twenty five women. Oh. So it was just like a feeding frenzy. This is heaven it's, compared to the where you came from. Exactly. So it was You're like to compete with Brendan Fraser. Well, that's right. It's not what you want. So I've come out of this high altitude training mm-hmm. of prep school to to <laughs> to college and um In my sophomore year, um, I meet this girl, uh, whose name is Gigi and she is stunning, just Mm -hmm. gorgeous. She's in our class, you know, she's beautiful, like Jewish girl from New York with the hair and the boobs and like everything is going on. And so, because again, there are so few men at this school, uh, I'm somehow able to, you know, make inroads with mm-hmm. this girl Gigi. Well, also like you're at a place now where I feel like
0: college like the humor has risen. You're doing it's it's it matters more It now. matters more.
1: Yeah. Totally because and especially like in this weird early 90s period where uh, being cynical was kind of in. Sure. You know, you had Janine Garofalo Ethan Hawke. was like yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You had all this kind of stuff that was it was a perfect storm mm-hmm. for you know, smart asses and, yep. and, you know, sort of cynical jerks. And so that was, it was all working out great. So I start to, I guess, in college, date, I guess you'd say, uh-huh. this girl. As much as you do in college. As much as you do. You don't really go out on dates. You just kind of meet each other at the yeah. at the parties and, and dance to d or whatever is playing. Which <laughs> that is sounds like a dream Usually do that. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was great. So... Um, it's very early in this process and and we certainly have not consummated this relationship yet which is, you know, in its just first couple of weeks or so. Sure. We have this thing called the very pretentiously named the Beaux Arts Festival oh. at Connecticut College. and It sounds very like eh, Connecticut and white. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, you know, let's celebrate our school's artists and we're going to hang their art on the walls, but it's going to be a party on a Saturday night and you're going to dress up and come and there'll be music. and so College prom. College, you know, totally like a New England white college mm-hmm. thing to mm-hmm. do. So this girl Gigi and I decide... Um, we are going to do ecstasy and go sure. to this thing, and I'm I'm so excited for this as the week is going on because I know what that means. Uh-huh. Like we're we're at the perfect spot in our relationship. It's like we're going to have sex. Yes, and and this is going to be the night that it happens. And an e- event night. And an event night yep. on ecstasy, which I at the time I, I believe it was the first time I'd ever tried that, uh-huh. and and I was all excited for it. Quick, uh,
0: tangential question. Sure. When you, at that era, were you calling it E or X? Because I grew up... X. X. I grew up calling it X in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then when I got to college,
1: everybody was calling it And e. was like, what the fuck is E? E. Yeah. They had to it shorten it, it even, even yeah. more, yeah. these yeah. kids today. Crazy. Um, yeah. So, X. Mm-hmm. We had had the X. We, we were getting dressed up. We, we take the X. We go to this ball... And it's, you know, the, the X is whatever it is. It's making you all excited sure. and, and, you know, it's happy. Correct. And, yeah. and, and we're, we're at this party and, you know, it's like we're, we're laughing and giggling and, and dancing. And then it's like very early in the evening. We're like, let's get out of here. Yeah. And, you know, the, the excitement is building. Sure. So we go back to her dorm um, and we decide let's nobody's in the dorm it's saturday night everyone's at this thing let's shower sure and then you know we're gonna come back to her room and what a great prep it's it's gonna be great so you know we go in the shower nobody's there giggling laughing having a great time so i come back into her room first i'm you know i have the towel wrapped around my waist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am like you know looking around a room like what can I get ready here sure. for what's going to happen? How can so, I help this out, yeah. Even better. So, so one yeah. of the things that I do is um, put on D light, <laughs> right? I put on some music. <laughs> I what what kind of music did she have? It was always like you know Portishead or some sure. some kind of girl thing. Yeah, like nobody that. loves me. That's yeah. exactly the yeah, song. That's so um, I'm sitting on the edge of her bed, which is one of those futons, very low to the ground very kind of hard mattress, um, sitting on the edge of the bed, towel around the waist, ready to go, music's going. She's coming back from the shower. She comes into the room, does one of these great moments that's it burned in my brain of like, she closes the door behind her, takes off her towel, and like, you know, I'm, I'm just in a sophomore go- college. going bonkers. Just like, I'm just so excited. She turned, this is a key element, moment to this she turns off the light to mm-hmm. her room so all of a sudden pitch black and and she's gone and i'm waiting for my eyes to kind of right. adjust in that moment she comes you know prancing over to the bed jumps onto the bed steps directly on my nuts oh no directly with with heel and in literally in the moment and i can still feel it as i talk about it one I can feel it as one you talk of, about it. one of my nuts had the wherewithal to roll out and sure, escape, sure, like it felt the heel felt the felt danger, rolled out escape, the other nut completely <laughs> squashed, oh. and so like i I let out a yell, you know what what's wrong, lights come back on, i you know, um, it, it's that pain that you know is coming and gonna get worse. It's only gonna get worse. So, you know, the rest of the evening was me in the bathroom, th- threw up. Oh no. Um, sitting there, her coming in to like check on me like every few minutes. Um, and you're still like on X at the time. I am, but that very so did a lot yeah. to get it get it out of my system. And the the night was was just a wash. Oh, it did, no. obviously did not happen that night. And in fact, for subsequent uh, weeks, I want to say like two weeks, it it was an issue down there. there I imagine. Was like, you know, did there, you go to see anybody ever? I didn't because I was in college you and know, it was like, just like, uh, I don't want to go to a hospital and have somebody playing with my nuts. and it like seems Potentially fair. like, you know, mm-hmm. I heard a n- nightmare stories of people who had to have like metal Q-tips put up there. Oh no. You know, so I don't want that. But that was so that was just like a moment that was terrible that's forever stuck in my mind that was something that should have been beautiful wonderful fantastic and memorable for a different reason but then turned into a sort of college low-level tragedy um and now uh she's she's married with kids uh Living in New York, oh, good for her. And, yeah. So, did, she, what, did the relationship me? ever rebound, though? It, it, you know, it did. Was that just kind of like it, a teetering w- moment? No, we we were together for uh, I want to say like I don't know five or six months, whatever the rest of that year was, right. sophomore year, and then junior year, she did the junior year abroad thing. Yeah, that's. And cool. she was yeah, and so I realistically knew in my mind that like this probably isn't going to last through that, but she was so uh, beautiful that she was definitely somebody that I wanted to keep it going with but uh-huh. like when she came back it was like too too much kind of yeah, yeah. too much time and, passed and you know the college age was
0: enough. was when you finally got to after uh the I like that there was like you refer to like your 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 testicles as like twins yeah. like the Schwarzenegger got out of the way and Vito right. it, it was just like ah uh, yes exactly a nail <laughs> exactly right <laughs> But like when right. you finally got to a place where like you actually consummated, did it feel like a euphoric? Really? Or is uh, no? Or is I you mean, say, well, it, now we have to get this over with. Let's it,
1: just get this out of the way. It, I mean, it was it was a couple of weeks later because mm-hmm. there was recovery time sure. involved, um, and then honestly, like in my mind, I don't even particularly remember what that first time right. was. Like I think I would have remembered it had it been on that yeah, night. Yeah, sure. Um, but. I remember that it happened. I don't remember particularly that much about it. Man, um, so that kind of you know that kind of blew what, what should have been a yeah. nice uh, a nice thing.
0: That's bonkers, uh, I think, because any man knows the sensation of the the nut kick, and, and it's
1: it's turned into you know it's comedy all the time. Sure, it's comedy and movies and whatever, but and it and i feel like it has happened to almost to every guy somehow for sure In some capacity you, you've gotten kicked you've some something has happened uh it's not in real life it's not funny you know oh no yeah. it's awful
0: but like it also was like a thing that i feel like was like such a common occurrence like in elementary school through like high school somehow it happened like once a month and your friends would laugh right but like i can't remember the last time that i've like had like really something happened that like i could Jostled in the nuts as an adult. It <laughs> I not Happen that, often. and it
1: does not. No, there's not as much horseplay when I guess you're that's when you're thing. an adult. Yeah, um, and you, you you're kind of I think. You know, you spend a lot of your your mental effort trying to make sure stuff like that doesn't happen. Yes, uh, yeah. I think there's a there's an air of caution about adults where and you're kind of backing away, waste sure. first from a lot of situations. It's also, I
0: guess, it's ingrained by such experiences as yeah. that. that. Is like, you, all right, let's let's keep the lights on, tour in bed, or let's like you it, know, gingerly approach the bed. Exactly. Yeah, or I'm not going to be splayed out in such a fashion. Oh
1: God, yeah, oh,
0: that was God, you vomited. Yeah, I vomited. That's some intense pain.
1: And, and I'm somebody who. Um, When it comes to vomiting It's something that I will fight Fight to the very end Oh, it's the worst Yeah, because, you know Some people are like I'm envious of people Who are like good at it Who can just like The boot and rally thing It's catharsis for them Right, or or, Yeah, they just They're able to It's like, oh, I need to throw up I'm going to go throw up For me, it's like Oh, no, if I have to throw up I will Sit clenched fist yep. for two hours and and fight it. Yes.
0: So I don't have to. The booting rally is so foreign to me because if I get to the place where I'm vomiting, like the next two days are a wash. Yeah,
1: the night's over.
0: Yeah. There's no rally. The night and the next day is over. Yeah. I'm just like a. I'm in a zombie.
1: And you know, thankfully, I don't.
0: I don't drink to booting level. Really. No, I'm not well, good. I'm not good at drinking, so. I don't that's, know. that's that's okay. I yeah. feel like in terms of the things of not being good at, right. that's probably one That's,
1: of them. that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So that there's your yeah. crostini with fig paste uh, and goat cheese. Um, and and I, I will take a nut nut kick story. <laughs> all right, there you go. Now uh-huh. take that EW readers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, of which I'm one by the sure, way. Sure, it's a you great know. toilet read. Uh, I. Cannot stand Entertainment Weekly I read it Every word of it All the time Oh yeah Like I read a, a, In anger Often You know About the, the <laughs> their You know Their recommended not, I'm glad they recommended you Sure But it feels like You know in their, On their must see list Or whatever that You'll see like Star Wars The Force Awakens Yeah it's no like, oh, we know Thanks Entertainment Weekly We for, know that it's a thing For tipping me off to that Yeah Uh, And then, you know, reading some desperate article trying to, you know... Have you tried breathing? Right. (laughs) I love it. Give it a shot. And thank you, Entertainment Weekly. Um, Okay, so the next thing um, that I wanted to, I guess, talk about... And again, this is something that it's sort of... It was just an important moment for me, and I feel like it it spawned many good and bad things. So it was just an interesting moment. So... Right out of college, uh, I was able to, um, in college, my senior year, I had an internship at Saturday Night Live, which That's, was... So you were, in, you were in Connecticut College all the way through? Yes. That's a trek, kind of, I like, it, to
0: get the two-hour train. It's a two-hour train,
1: so what I was able to do my senior year was alter my schedule, so I had classes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday night, I'd take the train down, oh, man. and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'd work It's Saturday Night Live. What a dream is like a 21 year It was the greatest thing in the world. And this is like, what, 98? 99? This is earlier. This is 95. 95. That's a great time to be there. It was awesome. So this is actually the fall of 94, spring of 95. Uh, I was an intern there. It was the last season of the Mike Myers... Phil Hartman. They were just... Santa Carby. They were all like on the way out. Yeah. Yeah, they were all leaving, and it was... Oh, the, they wrote that famous article "Saturday Night Dead" in sure. the New Yorker, and okay. and uh, but you know, still, it was just the best, so exciting. Like to this day, it was by far like the most exciting job yeah. I've had uh, in in any, anywhere, and you know, just being down on the floor when they're counting down to start. So to go, awesome. it was it was awesome, and just seeing you know. Steve Martins, and Jim Carrey's, yeah. and all these people kind of breezed through, and
0: it was awesome. Just, like, such a frenetic energy. And also, like, good at the tail end of the run, those like, the people that, like, were kind of formative, I imagine, absolutely. for you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Being, I so. mean,
1: Mike Myers had already made Wayne's World. Yeah. And, like, that was, you know, forget about it. I mean, and at the time. So he married weird. an axe murderer. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly a little lower on the list. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but, it, but I still know, like, almost every word of it. Yep, sure do. Um... <laughs> Uh, So, then, coming out of college, I was fortunately able to turn the internship into a writer's assistant job my first year out of college. And you know, I was doing that thing... And you didn't go to Harvard. I know. That's amazing. I know. That doesn't happen. I've already somehow shot this game. Yeah. So, I I was doing that thing after my senior year of college where you travel around Europe with a couple of your college buddies. And it was on that trip that, you know, I was continuously having to like call and check in to see, am I going to get this job? Am right. I not going to get this job? Right. And so I found out like on a payphone in like Prague or something that, I, you know, I got this job and I was just over the moon. I was so excited. That's and like,
0: that's like a 22 year old dream. I'm was, in Prague. I find out I get this amazing job. Right. And then I'm still in Prague. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Which, by the way, since we've been talking about women, that area of the world it's unbelievable. Eastern European women. I don't understand. Here's what I found, and it's been a while since I've been there, but there is like. You will never see. I, I never experienced a middle aged woman. It's That's like. That's interesting. They're all, they're all they're, beautiful. They're so kept like, inside. Yeah. And yeah. it's like 26 or so, and then they go away, and then 80. there's like 80. Yeah. They're like all like tiny, gnarled, like bridge
1: trolls, <laughs> and like these gorgeous. It's like, where are the the normal women? It's very interesting. And something that, that uh, I noticed when we were there is that the gorgeous teenage, basically, women who are running wild over the city, they're being chaperoned by their father. Like, they would... They would take them out to these clubs at night. So it was a really weird experience of, like, trying to talk to someone who speaks very little English, who's gorgeous and, like, an inch taller than me, Mm -hmm. um, and then seeing some some weird guy hovering around in the background and it's like oh that's my dad. Oh. It was, it was just okay. like okay. Yeah, good night. What's what's uh check for good night. I check? Remember, yep. I remember check. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I remember being 19 years old and I was living in Holland for the semester oh. and then went to Prague for like a long weekend and happened to be went to this club which is like I am not like a club guy but there's something about traveling like I'll I'll check out every beautiful church when I'm traveling, but right. don't give a shit about here. Right. So I go to clubs when I'm traveling and same thing. I'm the same way. Yeah. Churches, I'm yeah. the same way. I don't know, like, yeah. look at this gorgeous church. And yeah. Then I go back to Boston there's a church from 1600. i like... <laughs> <bloody church. laughs> Forget it. Yeah. But, like, I happen to be there on, like, the night of... Um, the biggest club in Middle Europe was having its one-year anniversary and just, like, stumbled into it. And it was, like, four levels of, like, every level had a different theme. There's like, a hip-hop. Middle like, Europe. It sounds like Middle Earth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a very bizarre thing. <laughs> yeah. I guess they're, like, not recognizing that they're Eastern Europe. They're right. Like, We're Middle Europe. Yeah, right. It was a point of pride. Um, but I don't know why. It was, like, a similar experience where it was, like, I just, I got separated from my friends and just, like, danced my face off all night. And then just girls would come up and just, like, one, like, Realized we couldn't communicate, so then they would be like, all right, we'll just make out. And I'm like, oh, what? What a dream. But then trying to be like somewhat chivalrous, I would just be like, do you want drinks? And then every time we go to the bar, they would all order this uh, drink that was called Erectus, which was like the, I, I think like the Czech equivalent of like Red Bull. Okay. And like the can, I remember, it was just a like a stick figure with like an erect penis. <laughs> and it was like, this will make you yeah, like... Right. But I had, because nobody's ordering <laughs> drinks, I was just like, well, I'll get whatever you're getting. I think I had like six of these. And at the end of the night, like I was so fucking, like I remember going back to my hostel and like dry heaving. Like there was nothing wrong with oh, me. I was just like so loaded so with this. Vibrating. Weird, yeah.
1: Erectus. Yeah. It's kind of heading right at it. With
0: the yeah, it name. really is. They're not, they call it spade a spade. <laughs> anyway, so that's my check story. You can. No, I
1: love that. I love mm-hmm. that check story. <clears throat> um, so yes, I find out I have this job. Go back to New York. And um, go in on a you know cheap apartment in in uh, Hell's Kitchen with a with a friend of mine. Sure. Um, and uh, you know I'm I'm then uh, working as a writer's assistant at Saturday Night Live. It's the now the season where they've done the changeover to Will Ferrell and uh, Molly Terry. Shannon and Sherry O'Terry and uh, Daryl there. Tim Meadows is there forever. Yeah. Um, and again, it's great. It's just as exciting better now I'm getting paid you know a little bit yeah. not much but it's it's so much fun and uh a great crop of new writers like Adam McKay and mm-hmm. like all these really kind of genius guys that were that were there at the time and so I you know I'm loving it loving it and um then so we go through the full season and it's one of those places where to get fired from there is difficult like right. there are, you know once you're you kind of get in there they they kind of protect people and keep sure. them there there was a a guy who did music there who literally burnt his office down uh, while passed out from smoking crack and they kept him there okay they, they, you know yeah. they, it's tough to get fired <laughs> that old scare, right right like oh that's, that's just, just joe being joe exactly i won't use his real name we'll say joe it sure, was actually Hal um, But <laughs> So the point is It's tough to get fired from there So Summer It's a summer break After my first year uh, I get a call from One of the producers of the show This guy named Mike Shoemaker Very nice guy He now uh, I think produces uh, Seth Meyers sure. Show He was a really nice guy Always incredibly nice to me Smart, funny guy um, But you know, I I don't know what this call is. I think it's going to be something about, hey, let's think about this for next season or start getting this ready. Gets right into the call. I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go. And I was just... You worked there a year. A year. A year. Devastated. Like, you know, I... I Listen, was I the greatest writer's assistant? By no means. But again, uh, I felt like I was doing an okay job yeah. and, and d- did not see this coming at all. So... Again, now I'm 22, 23 in New York. I had been riding high, like totally in the right place where I wanted to be. You had the brass ring, exactly, and not you know, and and you know from working in this business when you're on a show that everyone knows how much easier it makes your life and conversations, and just you know, you can say I you know I work for Saturday Night Live and everybody Mm -hmm. knows exactly what that is. You don't have to explain. Oh, it's the show that's going to come out next fall. yeah, Yeah, yeah. So i'm devastated and you know there was not really a reason given for for it but you know i can't uh, you can't fight city hall so i was just like so bummed out and did he give a reason or he said, did like, not okay. he did not and and what i discovered soon after and this is part of the story was um There And this might be someone that you know There's uh, Regis Philbin's daughter J.J. Philbin Sounds great She's actually a a well-established writer now In the business (laughs) She's worked on many shows Um, But at the time She was simply Regis Philbin's daughter And Live with Regis and Kathie Lee Was like a huge show at that time What I did not know was that Just weeks prior to me being let go Regis had brought her daughter out onto the show. Direct plea to camera from them Hey, Lauren, I want to work at Saturday Night Live. Oh, no. Like, you know, can we please make this happen? And Regis, my daughter, Lauren, come on. So, cut to the beginning of the next season, Oof. she has my job. And it makes perfect sense because that but job that's is a kick in the pants, completely man. expendable. Like it's not like I had a special skill set, mm-hmm. like you know Liam Neeson and Taken, that I I'm the only one who can do this job. So you she, are very, you are like a great fighter, though, <laughs>
0: right? Oh, we absolutely. That going for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. right,
1: we're going to prove that when we turn the uh, recording off. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um But uh, so she gets that job. I'm so bummed out. It the good and the bad that came out of that moment it's so interesting because it's still something that i think about a lot even though i've had years go by since then i've obviously been lucky enough to you know land on my feet and do other things but there was a period right then where it was touch and go it was like i had to have meetings with my parents right saying like listen you know, we're going to give you a couple more Oof. years to try and figure this out. But if not, then we're talking about advertising and, you know, all kinds of that nightmare stuff that you yeah. just... And also just having to have that conversation just feels like...
0: I had a trajectory. I know.
1: I know. And, and also my parents are divorced. So when they get together oh, to have a conversation with me, it's like, this is, this is big. Did so, you ever
0: have to go to the place like, I could use some cash? Oh, yeah. And that's like... It was... It's the worst. You feel like I'm... Because at that point, you have no context. You're like, I'm an adult. Right. Even though you're, right. Like you're fucking a fucking zygote. A child. You're like, I am, I, I am making my way. Yeah. And you have to ask for money and you're like, Ugh.
1: I know. I know. So that was tough. And, and to my parents' credit, you know, they were uh, generous with, with that kind of stuff and uh, and relatively understanding, but once the Saturday Night Live thing ended you know they were like okay well he's had his chance and now Mm -hmm. it's time for him to start thinking about going into the shoe business or whatever the hell (laughs) it was going to be and so at that exact moment I have a very good friend who maybe you know named John Viner Uh, yeah we went to high school together and uh, he was actually fired from a different job on the very same day that I was fired from right so this is now the um, the summer of 96 was when that was the summer of firing. A summer of firing, the summer of the uh, Richard Jewell yeah, bomb. Uh, or, no, 90, no, was that
0: 92? That was uh, Atlanta 96. 96, okay. Yeah, 92 was Barcelona. Ah, wow. Well, no you have pain, been, no Spain. You have a I was good. a big swimmer, so oh, I remember ah. that's when I had all the shirts that said, like, no pain, no Spain. Nice. And I was like, maybe someday. No, I'm like a 5'9, nine <laughs> am athlete.
1: Um, well, you have a good Olympic memory. So, yes, sure. that was the Atlanta bombing summer. And, uh, so my friend John Viner and I were fired on the same day, and we said, then we said, okay, you know what, in a rare moment of motivation, we said, let's, we'll give ourselves three weeks, and three weeks from today, we're going to do stand-up. Oh, we never, wow. we had not done it before. said, so we're going to do stand-up three weeks from today, let's take three weeks, you know, separately, we'll write. And are you just going to go to, like,
0: open night at, like, the comedy store or something like that? Yeah, we or went to...
1: We went to, um, boy, it was a terrible place way uptown that was near, like, Columbia. It was down in the basement. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, it was near I forget place. what it was called. I've been in that place once or twice back Yeah, today. It was awful. It was run by some terrible guy named Mitch who, who, like, tries to get you to sign up for his comedy course. Sounds, sounds about right. Uh, we both did it on the same day. You know, I... I Remember some of a lot of my jokes were Olympics based sure back then very topical uh, yeah, yeah. Um, about being uh, because I'm Jewish it was you know, what would the Jewish Olympics be like yes. the, the Oiga vaults yeah shot put that down <laughs> you know it was just terrible but, but strong concept but like yeah. you know we're coming out of the gate sure um, so like you haven't used those on Twitter <laughs> right? I should I yeah. should I should go back to that mm-hmm. um, so that spawned like Two to three years of doing stand up, basically every day, sometimes multiple times uh, per day. It sounds like y- you've done stand up. I did before. once, once in Boston. Okay, well, but you know all the clubs, then. I mean, I
0: well, I have one of my best friends is Guy Dan Levy, mm-hmm. and he was he was like one. I met him like the first day of college, and he had already been like performing since he was like sixteen. Wow! And like he just like in my mind it like it was like. I was like at eighteen, nineteen. I was like I'm already too late, man. Right? Like, how much passion and fire? He's already been doing it for three years. Like Jesus. I'm so far, far behind the curve. Right. So I like had the guts to do it once. And I think like Dick's Vault in Bo- like that downstairs. Uh, was it D- in Boston? Yeah, it was like right on um, uh, on Boylston, and it was okay. like downstairs. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I did it once, like five minutes, and it was it was garbage because I was also like 20, 20 years old I and know. had no concept of like how to. I knew it was funny, but I couldn't like craft a
1: joke. Anyways. So, it what the good that came out of that was starting stand-up, it, you know, obviously, it was terrible when I started. I never really got good at stand-up, but what it did help was with writing jokes. Sure. I feel like I do not have the energy or persona to be a good stand-up. You know, like, all the great stand-ups... It's such a ...have mind. a level of energy. Even yeah. people that seem like they don't have energy on stage have a character. Like, even somebody like... Jim Gaffigan, who is a fantastic stand-up. Sure. And he doesn't seem like he has a lot of energy on stage, but if you watch him, he has such, you know, he'll do seven minutes on water. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's so brilliantly like simple with his stand-up. It's
0: super concise.
1: And he was somebody who, okay, back in 96, 97, he was not a the household name that yeah. I mean, he is today. And he was somebody who was in, would work the same clubs that I did, but he was like, you know, way ahead right. he was like going from the triple a system to the major leagues right, where right. i was in the cape league just getting
0: called to the big show exactly yeah.
1: but it was such a joy getting to watch him like develop his strongest bits that you know some of them he still still uses but so that was really great a great you know thing that came out of it was was writing more doing stand up meeting a lot of these people that i ultimately became friends with but the downside of it and some thing where like deep inside of me I still get upset about that moment is that it's like the path of your life okay right. so now I'm in this place where you know I've written for Family Guy for a long time you know I got to co-write Ted and and like those are awesome great things great that things. you know I'm I'm proud of but there's this weird thing in comedy that I'm sure that you're aware of, where there's a certain side of the comedy world that is like the media darling side of comedy. It's sure. like your Tina Fey's, mm-hmm. your Amy Poehler's, and then they have their own tree that comes off yeah. of them. The people has that their the Robert school. Carlocks and you yeah. know the people that kind of fall under those umbrellas and every and the milenies and everything that those guys do is like bulletproof press it, it just gets blown by everyone right. it's like this side of comedy that is so embraced it's a, it's it's sort of interconnected with the John Stewart side and like they're all so coddled and he, we're going to throw emmys at you you have to have to duck you know yeah. from all of the the accolades that yeah. we're going to bestow upon you and then there's the the path that I was, you know, I guess in a way forced to take by getting... So and, and just to back up why that matters to me is because obviously I feel like had I been able to stay at Saturday Night Live, you know, you mm-hmm. plot out your future. I thought like I, I could be a writer's assistant here for a couple writer. of years. I'll become a writer. I would have been a writer there when Tina Fey came in right. and Amy Poehler came in and all these people. And I felt like... You know, I I would have made a connection a with them. You know, I and I would have, I could have been in that world. Right. And now, is that necessarily a better world? I, I don't know, but it's a different world. I love New York, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a, a, a another feeling of like sort of the New York-based comedy world being somehow a little. Better than the rest of the world in a way. Yeah, well, I think
0: I don't know. I think it feels that there's like it feels grittier, right? So I think that's the thing, and I think New York in general, it's like we work harder because yeah. this is a harder place to live, right? So there's like a little bit of like,
1: yeah, I'm coming up from a subway. What yeah. are you doing? You're sitting in a uh, convertible yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's just like a little bit like fuck you, I earned it, right? Like I feel like a little bit the New York, LA is that's exactly um, right. Is like a lot of uh, rivalries. There tend to be one-sided, right. like because I feel like a lot of people in LA are like, "I love New York." Yeah, New York's great. I I do. I love it. I love it. Yeah, but like people in New York, are like, "Fuck LA." I, I think know. it comes out of like, oh, my life is harder. Yeah. So like everything I do, because like as amazing yeah. as the city is, like you get on a subway in August where there's somebody just puked right. and it's a hundred right, degrees. or you walk
1: through the sleet, yeah, in, uh, you know, in February, yeah, and or in April, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that is the point of like it's a it's it's a moment in my life where instead of going on this track that i had imagined at saturday night live which i loved you know there was i i loved the people there i loved the job i loved the show i still love the show i still tape it Every week I'm such a Saturday Night Live nerd And, and, and it, it boggles my mind when people, you know, from season to season Oh, Saturday Night Live's done Oh, it's great again They say it's that all the time always, It's always within a 5% range of yep. how good it is It's like, every week, you know, 70% of the show is not great And, you know, 20% of the show is pretty good And then and there's, there's, like one th- yeah, there's, th- there's one thing Yeah, there's one thing that's, that's like, you, you talk about with your friends Did you see this? Yeah and and that will vary by, like, one sketch. But there's also, like, I remember that period, like, in
0: the, like, mid-late ninety late 90s specifically, like, when, like, all those guys, Farrell and all those guys were coming up. Like people are being like, it's not, it's not good anymore. That's exactly right. And then, right. like, and then fi- you cut the five years later, and then after they're leaving, people are like, cut. I mean, it can't survive without them. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's just like the cyclical thing. Everybody always thinks it's not as good as it was. Right. Which I think is like indicative of society.
1: Uh, Everybody's totally. Everybody's like, the world's going down the shitter. Yeah. Like people are saying the exact same shit in nineteen sixty eight. Like it's not it's that totally much different. right. And it's funny that now, if you look back and you watch, because there is still so many people will be like, forget it. Saturday Night Live has never been as good as it was the first. Four years, like yeah. with the. If you, if you go back, back and, and watch, watch those, that's tough.
0: You like watch like Cheeber Cheeber. It's yeah. like
1: fifteen minutes long, and there's two jokes. I know, I know. It's totally right. Yeah, that's totally right. And so there's, as you say, there's this thing of like looking at the past and saying like, oh, that's the best. Yeah, it's easy but to be nostalgic about that shit. That was the life that I had pictured for myself. I wanted to be a writer there. I wanted to. I loved the actors, the other writers, um, and that was the life that I I had pictured for myself. New York Alex mm-hmm. shooting through live from New York. It's Alex Sulkin with yeah. all these people that are going to come through the show and fall in love with me and I'm going to work with them and I'm going to, you know, be writing on 30 Rock or I'm going to be, you know, whatever it is, Parks and Rec or creating a show for this person or whatever. So that I felt like was taken away from me by JJ Philbin who I'd never <laughs> met and her and her plea to the camera. And by the way, uh, Tal, my wife, who you know well, mm-hmm. is uh, she loves J.J. Philbin. She knows yeah. her very well. Great writer, great person. I've heard nothing but great things about her, and I hear that she's very talented. But she had a very negative effect on my life well, at that for sure. particular well, that moment. That makes sense. I can understand why it's stuck in your craw. It's still stuck in my craw. Yeah. And Tall keeps saying, oh, we're going to go to dinner with her and her husband. It'll be great. And I don't know. We'll I'm, laugh about I'm, it. I'm It'd skeptical. But so then it becomes a deeper conversation about like what what is important for your life because it's like i've gone down this other road which has been i've been lucky enough to you know be involved with other things that i would not have been involved yeah. with and but rewarding things rewarding by large. things yeah. you know rewarding things you know financially and 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 uh, you know emotionally and and it, there've been a, a lot of good things on this road but it's just a different you know, the Seth MacFarlane world as as literally and figuratively rich as it is has a stigma to it in places like Entertainment Weekly or, you know, just possibly the press in general where they kind of turn their nose up at it. You know, like the New right. York world in a way kind of looks at at, at Seth and, and and a lot of the things that he does as like from, you know, or juvenile, juvenile, mm-hmm. and you know there was at first he had to fight a lot of like rip off, right. uh, you know, stuff with The Simpsons, and you know The Simpsons were the greatest thing ever, and Family Guy was this cheap knockoff, and then you know when Family Guy was lucky enough, fortunate enough to stick around and had enough fans, and then it became a different kind of tactic, like, as you said, it's ju- juvenile, right. and like when he hosted the Oscars, he took a lot of shit, and. And so, in that world, there's this weird feeling like, hey, I'm not so different than these guys over right. here. What's the distinction? Who everybody's, you know, hanging gold medals around their necks right. for everything they do. And then, you know, I, I was knocked onto a path where, I, like, I'm I'm over on this Seth McFarlane side, who you know, who I love and who's been great to me and I, who I think is... An incredibly funny guy and talented and amazingly guy. Amazingly talented. Uh, uh, but I just, it's just a weird thing to think about in the middle of well, the night. Do you, you think, know? do you think, um, this was like the, the point
0: where like the two paths in the forest diverge, right? So like you right. think that is a little bit indicative of human nature or just like you, like regardless what have happened, that at some point you'd be questioning about like, what if I had gone this direction? Right, you think there would ever be like a point like because you were like, you've done like a like by like most people like you're an aspirational person, right?
1: And that's a weird, isn't you know, that a weird? It thing is now? weird. It yeah. is. It's it's a strange thing, and 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 I've thought of that point too, and it's 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 weird because yes, if I were me, back at age, you know, when we're when we were like twenty, and yeah. we would hear about people who were writing TV shows or writing for movies or, or whatever, and we'd look at them and we'd think either like. Oh my God, I want to have, I want to do what that guy does or that guy's an asshole. Like I could totally do what he does. And now we're like weirdly those people Uh where like people will look at us or, or look at us on IMDB or whatever and say, Oh my God, this asshole did this and that and that. And they'll either say, I want to do that this guy sucks and I I hate him yeah and I could do it better or look at it the stuff and be like I didn't like that that was overrated like this guy's an asshole Um, and we were once those people pointing at other people and saying look at that look at that asshole I can do that and I just feel like the the uh, the paths diverging in the wood one path would lead you down a road where people would look at you and almost unanimously say oh my god what a great guy right. and look at all the wonderful stuff he's done for comedy and the comedy world whereas this the seth mcfarland side where my path has led has a a lot more of the people that say like i don't like it what an asshole what a ripoff right. Fuck that guy and at the core of, of everyone's being, you know, you want people to like you. Right. And it's it's just interesting that that particular moment I feel like pushed me down a path of more sort of unlikable, right, comedy in a weird way.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: I and and, and it's it's an interesting thing to 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 grapple with because it's like yeah, it's it's now it's afforded me a life that i i'm so lucky to have and you think about those moments where it's like well it's shoe business advert you know you could be slogging in something else not that there's anything wrong with any of that but like we're lucky enough to do something where we get grossly overpaid to make dick jokes right in essence exactly right um so i don't know i think i think
0: like i think it's easier like i i constantly have to remind myself of like there's like a point of diminishing returns to compare myself to other people because like I'm always going to do that. I did that when I was 20. Mm-hmm. I did it when I was 15, like when I was yep. like somebody like, you know, whoever got the lead in the musical. I'm like, come on, man. I totally do right. Either. This is like fucking politics. Which musical? I'm a Which musical pops uh, to your mind? Uh, well, the first one, because after my sophomore year, I feel like they like, I was then cast in the lead, so right. it was cool. Yeah. Uh, the first year there was um, Singing in the Rain. And the, what, Marce, uh, is it, Marcellus? The guy, who, like the funny guy, make him laugh. Right. Was like a nice kid, talented kid, but he was like, has like, this was like, this is what, what I do, man. Mm-hmm. And you're like, fucking, you're not making him laugh with make him laugh. Right, right. <laughs> it like, was like mine, and I was like in the background of like, you know, singing, just like do. That was a like, chorus member.
1: Mine was Little Shop Before. Oh sure, yeah. You where want to be some Seymour? Oh, I wanted to be Seymour so badly. Yeah. And uh, I was in in my class. Was do you know Arden Marine? She's like She's out here She's in the comedy world She does a lot of stuff She was on Mad TV For a okay. while But she was In my class And I think that We both thought Like okay hey, you know You'll be Audrey mm-hmm. And I'll be Seymour And this is gonna be great And we're the best And we both got Like screwed yeah. And we're kind of bad. But yeah. I, I relate to your musical But I the- But like But
0: I think like that's the same thing Like I The same thing I did when I was 15 I'm still doing What twenty. 20 years later Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's always going to be a thing but like the one thing I try to remember occasionally (laughs) which is not always helpful but just like the metric of like my success is like would 15 year old me think what I'm doing would he be like cool with what I'm doing and like honestly like I don't think this is I think my career path would have been a little I thought it'd be like doing maybe more performing like I was like then but like I'm still fucking happy like as long as that guy's happy I'm doing okay
1: that's so true. I need to I needed to come to grips with that. Oh, a little I don't bit I don't more. do it well. I just yeah. try to remember. Right. It's like not the thing that I do often. Yeah. But. No, I definitely the the version of me that that was not, you know, making any money doing comedy would be so thrilled that right. I ever got a, any kind of paycheck to do any of this yeah. stuff. Um, but I just always do like, you know, come back to that moment as a time when i was nudged in a different sure. you know the the canoe was pushed like to a different part of, you know a different current and uh it's just it's just interesting to think about because if you go even a little bit deeper sorry ew readers um <laughs> you know i i think that sometimes in your life you almost conform your personality to fit what you're doing a little right. bit so i think that in a weird way, like, I I have be- embraced kind of, like, being a, a, an asshole a little bit right. because of the sort of being in the Seth MacFarlane camp of kind of always being on the defensive from people, like, right. firing stuff at you, like, you know, oh, this is... You, you know, you guys ripped off the Simpsons or this comedy is juvenile or like, you know, this is beneath us. You're
0: just doing callbacks and they're just servicing jokes. Right. Exactly. Like, the jokes are really funny.
1: Well, and that's, that's the thing that, that bothers me too. And a, in a gut level is like, you know, obviously 30 rock is a show that's showered with accolades and, and, uh, and Tina Fey has made no secret about kind of not being a fan of, of family guy and Seth MacFarlane. But That show follows a very similar structure to Family Guy. They do absurd cutaways to, you know... That show was
0: like a live cartoon. Right. I think it's a really smart one, but it's...
1: Exactly. Um, And so that sort of bugs me. But to, to go back to the point of, like... I feel like had I been on the sort of Saturday Night Live media darling track, I think that in some ways I might have been, like at the core like maybe a happier nicer yeah. person um, just just because like if people are constantly sort of telling you stroking you and saying like oh my god what you're doing is so precious and so wonderful and so you know the New York Times and the New Yorker were all going to say like isn't this wonderful what you're right. doing like I, I feel like you one would sort of become more at ease with with themselves and what they're doing, as opposed to the Seth MacFarlane side, which I definitely have a lot of confidence in in the in the comedy of it. But when when it's constantly under attack and you're kind of like having to sort of fire back and say no, fuck you, and like right. it's funny and shut up and it it. it it sort of hardens you to right. to the world and the press and to all that a little bit more. Well,
0: this is because we're speaking like in hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think if you had gone down that path? What do you think would have been the thing then? What do you think would have been the thing that would have like you would have felt unsatisfied by? Do you think like? Do you think that was just well, a moment? There, there definitely would be something. There's yeah. always something. There's always something. Yeah. So like. I don't know. Would it be? I mean, you think like fucking. Um, well, I think I would ratio s- sands is like why? Why Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? like right. There's There's always like a. There's always something, even though like the, you you respect and you 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 know good for everybody. But right. Like, but me. Right. Yeah. Totally.
1: And, and I'm sure there would be you know a la laun- there would be a laundry list of things that I would be unsatisfied about. Just sort of, I guess my nature. But like, I, I don't know. I think maybe had I gone that route, like maybe I would be one of those guys who mm-hmm. would be like, fuck LA. Yeah. You know, like yeah. what we talked about earlier where, you know, I'm, I'm a New Yorker the, the comedy that I generate is inherently more real. Right. Because my life is more real and more challenging and grittier as you said. And I'd probably be one of those people who points a finger at LA right, and right. says like, what, what is this garbage you guys yeah. are doing? Yeah. And yeah. fuck Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um do you think is there a point where like going down this road of like just being kind of somewhat feeling uh uh, uh like people look down their nose at like mm. this thing that is wildly successful right. and has continually proven to be like people really like it right um like i think there's a thing like on you know i Work on the Goldbergs. And I think it's a great show. I think yep. it's fun. I think it's like comfort food, mm-hmm. but it's not a sexy show. Right. It's never going to be up for awards. Um, but it's like it's the first time we're like I will travel like outside of L A. Now, like people are like oh, yeah, I've never seen, I've never really watched it. But I go anywhere else. Like I love that show. Right. It's like it's it's a weird our 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 perspective is kind of off. We're like you know we are clearly both coasts are very bubbly. Sure. Um, but is there like a point where like that doesn't matter to you? Like, it's like a little bit like, you know what, this is is just what it is.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's interesting because like, like we talked about before and I totally get what you're saying about the Goldbergs where like, I'm sure if you traveled anywhere in the middle of the country, they'd be like, I love that show. Like, you know, it's hilarious. It's Um, easy. I don't have to think about it. It's funny.
0: And there's a little bit of heart.
1: Exactly. Um, and, and it's interesting because, you know, we were talking about before shows that have, like, instant name recognition. Well, Family Guy is one of, definitely one of those shows where sure. we get legit wa- we're watching a clip of it yesterday in the room because we were talking about
0: something. And somebody's like, anybody hey, seen this bit? And we watched... Oh, that's nice. What, ...the pizza, the uh, salad, the salad pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like, yeah. I had never seen it. I was like, this is a fucking great bit. Yep,
1: yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. They had a yeah, ordering. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's interesting. I, I think that having that you know recognition is nice and you know so it's less of a of an effort to make conversation with people but like I don't know I just feel like when I was doing stuff like I worked for a year on that show Life in Pieces Mm -hmm. you know and uh, then that's coming back and you know it was it did well in its first year and stuff but still it was a show that nobody really knows I mean like it it didn't it hasn't been around long enough yet for people to be like oh you know I know that exactly what that is and it is it's a different thing you know like it's just a different kind of it's weird it's weird when you go and talk to your family who you know they don't know the business that well and if they don't know the show it's almost like it doesn't exist you know um so, you know, I enjoy Family Guy for for that's one of the reasons that I enjoy working there.
0: Well, do you also feel like a little bit like um, what's the best way? You feel like sea biscuit? Yeah, <laughs> like it's a little bit like you run better when you're a little bit behind, <laughs> right? You know, it's like fuel to the fire. Like you like it's a little bit like I want to be the bad news bear. It's a
1: great analogy. I yeah. want yeah. to be the underdog. thinking the bad news bears earlier and talking about this. Yeah, there's definitely some of that. There's but there's also like a point where. You want to be the favorite You know It's like I I, It's amazing how much Like Import Winning an Emmy When I When I think of it Objectively It's like Okay it's not an Oscar It's an Emmy We all know that that's a giant step Down But (laughs) But Uh The fact of the matter is like i really when people i know have emmys like that's exciting to me like it's like kind of a cool thing and like i just how much does it really matter
0: maybe not a ton but it's fucking cool it is
1: cool and it and it kind of matters more than a than i would like to admit or that or i i would ever have thought it would is that surprising it is totally surprising and and it's just one of those things where like each year when we submit to the Emmys and we don't get nominated, and and now it's gotten to the point where we don't even get nominated in the animated category right. anymore, which is so strange. And each year you see these shows where it's like, well, this year it's Glorb, and you're mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is Glorb? <laughs> I don't know what that. You know, like how yeah, how are they... season two of Glorb? Is <laughs> right. All right, I'm yeah. sure I can yeah. check that out. Um, but you know, it becomes a thing where. And it feeds into uh, back into what I was saying before. It's like there's a perception of Family Guy as like, yes, in a weird way, we're an underdog, but in another way, we're also like an overdog. It's For like sure. you know, it's like uh, they're fat kings sitting on thrones, you know, yes. like overpaid and 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 you know.
0: Well, I mean, like from like the what the Ted perspective, like, I don't. I mean, you probably know the, the facts more often, but wasn't it? or maybe it still is like the the highest grossing ARG comedy ever. Isn't that like a tacit endorsement of like, we like this. Yes. So, but I, it, then it's like weird, like, that's like fucking huge, but there's still like this one thing. I know. That I wish I just like, I wish there's one other club door that the bouncer would just be like, yeah, come on in.
1: Well, it's, of course, then, you know, the follow-up to that is, is, there, there is twofold in a weird way. It's like, Ted, I think, was surprising for everyone, it was a surprise mm-hmm. to us that it did as well as it did—a great surprise, and a surprise I think to people everywhere that that they that it did well and that they enjoyed it as much as they did. But then, like you follow that up with like, you know, we did Ted Two, and they're like, oh, okay, all right, here we go back yeah. down to earth. All right, like, yeah, this is what we thought. Yeah, all right, this is what, yeah, too close exactly. to the sun. Exactly. And the and the funny thing is, like, when we were writing Ted Two and filming Ted Two like Ted 2 I think has a much more interesting plot than Ted which really didn't have much of a plot in terms of
0: like uh, uh, just social commentary and right. about, like what you can and can't say and what makes a life and that's
1: that's interesting that's it was, more heady it, shit it was and like and you know we obviously we thought it would do better than it did but I think that when it didn't do well the people came out of the woodwork again to say like okay this is the real. the other right. thing was a blip here's the re-. so that's a way that even a, an incredibly positive thing like Ted Can sort right. of be spun into uh, Okay, here we are back in Seth MacFarlane land Of like, alright, stop beating that dead horse well, and yeah, you can besmirch anything
0: And totally. I, I feel like I have a few friends And I used to do this um, But I feel like the longer I've been working Actually being paid to do this mm-hmm. shit Like, I feel like anytime Anything in television and film I don't know much about music or plays, but, like, any, I think in any artistic endeavor where anything is remotely good, it's a fucking miracle. Because there's, like, so many moving pieces. Like, I you know, there's, like, you have a more. bad editor or, like, a bad lead or just, like, you know, I don't, just, like, you just go down one path that, like, oh, that story is kind of, just, like, whatever the fuck. When something is remotely good, it's a miracle. I totally agree. So, like, I find myself doing it, like, that movie. Like, I'll look my, look down my nose. Like, I, I could do that better. But it's, like, also, I'm not. Right. I'm not I'm not ma- I'm not putting myself out there in that way. And it's like the same thing like getting back to like stand up. Like I did it once. Yeah. And like it's easier for me to go to see stand ups and I'm like, Ugh, that guy's rough. But, right. Like, I fucking did it once and that was it. Yeah. Like it's you know, it's a little bit like I don't know, even though like I can still be subjective and be like, Well, that seems kinda shitty, but also, fuck man, you're doing it.
1: You, exactly. You may be doing it great and I think I could do it better, but I'm not trying. That's the thing with stand up, and, and I'm glad you brought it back to that because like with standup, you know, when I'm, before I did stand up and I would watch certain, let's just say like Jeff Foxworthy, and I'd be like, sure. this guy sucks. Like, oh my God, like, well, hacky, what the fuck? And then when I started doing standup, I reevaluated, and I'm like, this guy is great. I'm like, he knows exactly such a clear what voice. to do to his audience. Yeah, such a mm-hmm. clear voice. He, you could you could write for days for that voice. Like, sure. there's so much, you know. That's a it's a never ending well of of comedy for that character, and it is a character. I'm yeah. sure his, you know, he in real life he's a different guy than he is on stage. Larry the Cable Guy. I yeah, mean, come on. <laughs> exactly. That's actually just a character and it's performance art. So then, like with up it just totally forces you to reevaluate what you thought. You're like, oh my god, so and so is you know such a hack, and then you're like, no, no, no. This person knows exactly what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know Dane Cook personally. Like, you know, you hear stories of, like, oh, he's a jerk, he's an asshole, or whatever. But clearly, he did something to set the college world on fire. Yeah. You know? Like, he's... He, he, he was able to f- tap into something, and that's, like, fucking remarkable. It's... As you said, and, and I feel like, to take your point of, like, it's amazing that any anything is ever good... Like I agree with that and and take it one step further into the to the fact that it's it's amazing that anybody ever does anything. Yes. and so when somebody like Dane Cook, who comedy snobs may look their their down their noses at, like he figured out how to fucking make Beatlemania with yeah. like his just himself and and college he campuses he created like
0: back to arena comedy that was like a thing that wasn't really around for that like dearth of time mm-hmm. it was like Eddie Murphy and then we kind of got away from that right. and then like somehow he ignited and <laughs> then Ginny Garofalo thing. spoke yeah. to
1: 12 people yeah. and that was comedy for a decade yeah and...
0: and I feel like that's just like a thing by and large like just that mentality and it's I, I struggle to remind myself of it but like when anything's just like good, I mean like it's easy to apply it to television or arts in general but like if I have a relationship that's good, fuck man. That's something. That's it's, not easy. But just like try to be a little kinder, but it's easier just like constantly like but it could be better. I
1: know. God, yeah, that's so true. I'm working on that now. Yeah, We're I think there. we all are, We're right? Getting there.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's just hard to like I mean it's like a dumb adage, but like the grass can always be a little bit
1: greener. I know. I know. It's it's so interesting, like in and, and to talk about relationships with tall who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's, and maybe you've been through this in your relationships like something always has to happen where you fuck up and then all of a sudden like you get like good at it you figure yeah. something out yeah. and and that seems to be just like a horrifying pattern with me where it's like you wish it was less trial and error right was like right, trial and well, succeed right yeah. where she'll get to the point of being like What the fuck are you doing? Like, why did you do? You know me at all? Like, what is wrong with you? And then all of a sudden, for the next you know month, I'm like the greatest guy in the world. Um, It would just be nice if I could spur myself on to kind of do that stuff as opposed to having somebody say like, "Hey, idiot, what's wrong with you?" Yeah, but that's kind of like the the journey, right? I guess I feel like, and and that's a whole men and women thing. Well, for sure, that's a
0: different topic. But I think that's all (laughs) applicable, just like the fact to be more cyclical here is like the fact that you got like you had the brass ring with SNL right Right. and you got let go for like eh, kind of nepotism dumb reasons yep. but like who you can't do anything about it yeah, shit happens absolutely but like the fact that you that happened and then like you set a goal of like three weeks later I'm gonna do this other thing as opposed to just being like, well, I'm going to sit on my hands and just booze a lot because I'm 22 and that's what I'm going to do anyways. But like, it's,
1: it's amazing looking back and knowing who I am now and how lazy I can tend to be that that, that happened at all. And it, yeah. it was all... But that's you know, indicative of like probably your core, right? Well, and I you think, like use that as fuel for your fire probably a little bit in the same way. Absolutely. And and, and I'll take the core compliment, believe me, and run with it. But also sure. I think it, it has to do with like fear. Right. Because in, in that moment in life, it's like even though whatever your, pay, your paycheck was, you know, $600 a week or something like that it may not be that much. That's taken away from you. Mm-hmm. And then you, the prospect of parents and, you know, what do I have to do? I have to move back home. You know, what is that going to be? It's like, I have to try something, right. you know, you have to, and, and doing up is, is free, you know, yeah. it doesn't cost anything. And, and, and as I'm sure you have witnessed with Dan Levy and many of your friends at, the people that you meet doing stand up you end up working yeah. with over and over again and you know it turns into we're the we're the wave of people crashing into the LA scene yeah. and 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 uh, you know it's an experience that i i will treasure in as much as i felt like i sucked at it you know
0: yeah but that's like look i am i am jealous of your sucky experience <laughs> like you know what i mean like
1: i wish i would well, have you like- seem like somebody who could have and would have and should have done that. I mean, especially because you're a I, per, you're you're a performer at heart. I mean, clearly. that's what, like
0: I came up, but like I think it was like a little bit fear was like I, sure. I was like a I was that was like a point where measuring myself up against other people, even people that I loved, right, was like enough to be like, well, I can't. That's too much. This right. is like such a vocation, and for me, like I don't know if I have that passion, and also like I'm behind. It was just like setting like these. But even at 18, you were saying I know. That. But I was, like, just Which you would have been way ahead. Way ahead. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's just easy to always, like, talk yourself out of something or to, like, create enemies or create obstacles. Do you ever think about doing it now? Mm, I mean, no. I think because now I feel like... and. This is the same logic, but like right. I feel like now, like I'm a little bit too old. I don't want to go to like an open mic. I don't want right. to do that. Like I feel like, and then I also feel like because now I have success in another arena, right. like it's got to be better. You're right. It can't you're right. be like shitty now. Yeah. Like, yeah I, when yeah, you're yeah. 18, you can be shitty. Sure. In 25, you can be shitty. But yeah. like I've, you know, been working as a comedy writer for 10 years, 12 years. Like it better be like at least be okay. Right. And like that's hard to figure that out. So, but that's also again maybe me making the same excuses that I did when I was 18.
1: I know. I know. It's and I, and I had the same kind of feeling, like, once I got a job writing, I instantly turned my back on comedy. I was like, right. well, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, forget that.
0: It's all crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get to a summation, shall we? Sure. Uh, what do you feel like at this... This less about the nuts. I think that's sure. just like that you know, was, leave the lights leave the lights on when uh, someone's getting into bed. Absolutely. Also, maybe the sex is just more fun if you can see stuff. Right, that's sure. just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're at at this point, and you're young. Uh, just I guess, like in terms of like advice, like that you figured like that has like set you down this path.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think we talked about it a lot, and uh, that you know the moment that it happened. Literally on that day was the day that I decided to start doing stand up comedy. So yeah. the day I was fired from my dream job was also the same day that I made another big decision right. to, you know, start doing stand up, which ultimately, you know, whether directly or indirectly, has led to a lot of the other stuff that I've done in my right. career. So I would say, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, in the, in the midst of like a, a bad situation to make some big picture decisions for right. your life. Like in, in a way, those moments, those bad moments give you a strange clarity. Right. Um, I, and, and I've noticed this in, in, re, in relationships, like whether if it comes to like breakups or things like that, when something bad and sad happens there's a, a strange uh stillness comes over at least me and i find this happens to a lot of people um where there's almost like a fog if you've been in say a relationship for a couple of years and you've just kind of accepted something that's like a six and it's not yeah. going great and you're like well maybe it'll get better it's comfortable it's easy whatever and then something shocking happens and, it, and all of a sudden it's over there's a weird fog that's cleared away and, and it's almost like you have just a even a few hours to see completely clearly, right. to either to look at yourself or to look at the road ahead. And I certainly feel like that was the case with the Saturday Night Live firing. I was shocked by it. And it almost like shocked my system into kind of like, okay, I need to think about what's next here. Like, right. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to say... I'm just gonna go and and do some job that I don't want to do. What can I do for myself that will help me out of this? And for me, it was it was stand up, and I you know ended up doing that for three years, meeting so many of the people that I ended up working right. with through the rest of my life. So I guess the you know the summation advice is just don't be afraid to you know in in the in the eye of a storm of tragedy to really. You know, make make a, a big choice for yourself.
0: Right. Doors and windows. There you go. Yeah. Well, thanks, man.
1: Hey, thank you for thinking of me. I enjoyed me. this. This was very fun. Yeah. yeah. Great. We're shaking hands. Here we are. You
0: can't see that. <laughs> no, it was great. That was a good handshake, I feel like. Uh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right. Nothing else do.
1: Only you. Only you. Only
0: you. Well, I had a lovely chat. Did you guys enjoy it? certainly hope so. I liked everything about that, except for when his uh, testicles got stepped on. I still enjoyed the story, but oh man, did I feel for him. That's empathy, because when somebody's vomiting from a testicle pain, oof, that's rough stuff. Uh, but <laughs> thanks so much to Alec for coming out and chatting with me on a Saturday afternoon on my couch. It was delightful. Uh, if you want to see what what else is going on with Mr. Sulkin, you can check him out on Twitter. He's at TheSulk. You can also check us out on Twitter, and we're at terribly underscore funny. Um, where else can you see us we have a Facebook page that's fun it's just terribly funny podcast we also have an email send us a remark send us a question a concern just say hi I'm a lonely person I'd love feedback it's terribly funny podcast at gmail um, what else do I got for you oh yeah thank you let's do that uh, special thanks to, again, to Alec. Uh, also to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes that I cannot do. Also to Julia Pot and King & Blind Club for art and music. And the biggest thanks goes out to you guys. Because without you, I am just uh, talking to myself. Which I do frequently, but this one is recorded. And to have listeners, um, you know, makes me less crazy, I think. So, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point to end on. Um, love you guys.